0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the
1: Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans Show. My name is Ron Silico. This is episode 33. Today I have the privilege of talking with Sheila Fox, who is the Executive Director of the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. Sheila, good afternoon.
0: Hello. Um,
1: Oh, it's it's truly a pleasure. I know we have a lot of basketball fans that listen to this show. Uh, we've done we've done some basketball related shows, so I think we're going to have a great great podcast interview for the audience today. Uh, Sheila, before we get into your job and what the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame is could, for the audience, can you share some of your background, where you grew up, and what was your career path?
0: And I went to Dover High School, and after, after high school, I went to Ohio University, and I felt, studied communications, and I got my degree in uh, interpersonal communications, and while I was a student, I had um, the opportunity to serve as a work-study student at the Ohio um, University Center for Community Service, and while I was there, I helped plan events um, to recognize volunteers. So that got me interested in an event planning career. And after college, I went to, I wanted to move to Columbus, and an organization that I was involved in offered me an AmeriCorps position. And AmeriCorps is a year of service to the U.S. Yeah. Uh-huh. from the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame called me to help plan the induction ceremony for the basketball hall of fame. And that was the fifth induction ceremony that I would be helping with. Um, so I met with him and learned about the hall of fame and they interviewed me and um, they were um, looking for someone who had my best So that's how I um, came and involved with the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. And for the first few years, since um, 2010, I have been planning the induction ceremony. So each year, the Hall of Fame takes in a class that the Board of Directors votes for on um, the previous year, and that class is inducted into the Hall of Fame. And <clears throat> and then there's a big ceremony where they would invite their friends and family and their my teammates and their coaches, um, to come and celebrate them and, and their achievements. So, I have been in charge of the logistics of that event for, since 2010, as I mentioned. And as I got more involved in the Hall of Fame I developed the Strategic Partnership Committee to help increase sponsorship and um, help increase the membership in what we call the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame Club. So, in last January, the, the board. Decided to name me the first ever executive director of the basketball
1: hall of fame, Um, and it's and I've been enjoying the job. Great. Uh, Want to talk about? uh, We've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs on this show, so you are serving dual roles—one for the hall of fame, (laughs) and then and then and then your own business. Uh, What what's been the biggest challenge in, in running your own business?
0: Well. One of the biggest challenges to overcome is to not have a paycheck that is guaranteed from week to week or once a month or every other month. So, to try to be able to gauge your income and expenses to be able to manage that. Um, I have a a great husband and a supporting family that really helped me. uh, And so, with my husband's work and being able to get his health care, I was able to. Follow my dream to set my own business, and when I when I left my job, I was able to maintain my employer as a client, um, and also I had two other clients going in, so I was able to plan accordingly um, for finance, financially um, to kind of have an expectation of when income was coming in. I would say the other thing that's hard and takes a lot of self discipline is there's a lot of autonomy, and no one is there to um, tell you to do your job. So you have to be really self-disciplined to get your work done, and uh, I, work, I work from home. I have a home office, so um, there's a lot of possible distractions that can keep you from um, doing the work, but because there's no one else to do your job, there's no one else to Blame if it doesn't get done. So there's no one else to um, rely on to finish your work. So it takes a lot of self discipline, but it's a lot of dedication. But it's really rewarding to have a flexible schedule and be able to um, help my family. I have two young girls, um, so that's also a nice feature of being self-employed.
1: That's terrific. Talking about the Basketball Hall of Fame, not a lot of people are familiar with it and I get the senses because it's it's not a it's not a physical tourist destination yet. Can you speak to where the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame is in their growth at this point? Sure. Sure. So we're celebrating
0: our tenth anniversary in 2015. We just had a tenth induction ceremony on May second. This year, um, and the the whole thing was started by two retired basketball coaches, um, Don Henderson in Springfield, Ohio, and Doc Daphne in Euclid, Ohio. Um, Don was charged by the Ohio Basketball Coaches Association to look into setting of an Ohio basketball hall of fame in the early two thousands. I think two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, and he and Doc traveled around the country, I know they visited um, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, the Western Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame, and lots of other places to see if it was possible to start an Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame in Ohio. And one of the great things about the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame is we celebrate both men and women who have had an outstanding high school College, professional careers, um, athletes, but we also recognize officials, we recognize coaches on all levels from high school to college, professional, all divisions of basketball, and then um, we also recognize contributors, people who have um, done a lot to influence the game who may not have been a player or a coach, um, and we also recognize pioneers of the game, especially on the women's side. Um, who may have not otherwise had their story told. Um, So, in terms of an actual museum, we're right now in the the founding stages of raising the money. We know it's going to take a lot of money to build an actual museum. So what we think is more feasible at this point is to have an exhibit within an existing museum. Or um, uh, we've also talked about kiosks at airports where you can, a small display, and then from that region, and then also have um, a kiosk where Chris test and visit our website. Our website right now is our key piece to tell the story of all these great athletes and contributors. Um, we are really excited about everything that we are doing, and um, so we're really trying to make our website great, but also to be time try to um, put together uh, an exhibit
1: at an existing museum or a facility. We talked about the queue like at Arena, or um, some of the other college and uh, arenas around the state. Okay. With With the fact that you're looking at having an operation that's spread out in a lot of different locations... What what are the challenges with creating an exhibit? Is it do you look at a regional focus? So, if, for example, if you're if you're looking at Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, are you looking at a Cleveland area exhibit focus versus being in another part of the state? Well,
0: it, it depends on how we how we move forward. If, if we have something at the queue, um, we would probably. Have something from all parts of the state. Our biggest challenge right now is funding and how we can fund um, the time to curate an exhibit. Um, how that looks, we're looking into grant possibilities. Um, so there's a lot of a lot to go into um, establishing um, an exhibit. But I think we would try to have uh, an all-encompassing piece of uh, if, if we end up at the queue or if we end up in Columbus
1: somewhere or if we end up somewhere else, I think we would try to include something from all parts of the state for sure. Okay. Uh, You've mentioned that funding is a a significant challenge. Uh, Just a question that popped in my head as you were talking. Basketball has been played in Ohio for almost 130 years and in the Hall of Fame just started inducting classes 10 years ago. I imagine that's a very rigorous nomination process to sort through, really, hundreds of thousands of people that have contributed to the game in some way over that course of time. Right. Okay. Well,
0: to speak on the nomination process, um, We anyone who's a member of the Hall of Fame club, so we have a supporting membership that, that people can join. We um, if if can pay as little as $30, a member, and, you know, we'll take donations as, as much as someone would want like to give, um, but um, anyone who's a member of the Hall of Fame can nominate someone that they feel is worthy of being in China and being in the the Hall of Fame. We also have nomination committees, and they're broken up into eras, so we have an era from the 20s to the 30s, 40s and 50s, um, 60s and 70s, 80s and 90s, 2000s, and, and current times. And then we also have people who look at different um, divisions of basketball, and then different conferences based on their expertise. Um, we have some folks from the media that are involved on our board that really follow players from different eras and make combinations. But the vetting process is challenging. We're actually um, working this summer on revisiting that, making it more rigorous, making it um, making sure we're not missing anyone. Um, there's so much history here, and there's so many worthy um, individuals that should be in our Hall of Fame. We're trying
1: really hard to catch up um, and make sure that those who are in the Hall of Fame are there. Uh, I'm sure you've benchmarked other, other Hall of Fames. You, you, you referenced a few earlier. For example, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. How many visitors come through that facility each year?
0: Something to definitely be considered. The one thing that we're concerned about is we build our own standalone you know, museum is the cost of operating it and maintaining it, mm-hmm. which is why we're looking at um, uh, joining another existing structure that is already operational that we can then have our museum in. Um, for example, the Ohio State uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. Inside the Shadyside in Center and call them. So
1: something like that is what we're thinking to help to cover our cost. I see. Now, when I when I think about hall of Fame in, in sports in Ohio, I think about the big three sports, the ones that have been around the longest: football, football, basketball, baseball. Are there? Are there Ohio baseball hall of fames, Ohio football hall of fames? Obviously, the professional hall of fame is in Canton, but but are, are there others? Okay, okay, and so the you, you mentioned the two gentlemen that kind of came up with with the task of of running running this. What what has what have been your your approaches to get funding f- for the projects?
0: Well, as I method, we developed the Strategic Partnership Committee, and that's, um, uh, the chair of that committee is Ron Kellogg, who is uh, living in Hannah uh, here in Columbus. And we meet monthly, and we're always looking at opportunities. So we're, we kind of have a three-pronged approach. We're looking at corporate support through companies that – have an interest in the Hall of Fame. And what we feel, what we think is unique about, about the Hall of Fame is with the corporation, um, we have um, a lot of talent that we can provide to a potential sponsor that would help them as potential spokespeople for that product or mm-hmm. um, openings of, of a business or a chain or something. So we have a lot of potential for corporate sponsorship. Um, Another uh, way we're looking for support is through individuals, um, individual giving, so we're talking about um, estate planning and people leaving up um, a percentage of their estate, um, individual giving through annual campaigns and donations, and then our our third approach is through grants, and that's the one approach that we're just exploring now and looking at um, some contacts that we have who can help us with that, so there's a lot of possibilities
1: but that's kind of our three-pronged approach for, for getting support at this point. Okay. What it's obviously a tremendous honor to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. What what's been the in the inductee response? Is is, is this something that inductees are really behind and 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 hoping that this goes to the level that you wish? Yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: So we're in the middle of uh, letting our 2016 class know that they um, that they're part of that class, and um, Doc, Docry, and a few other folks um, are in the process of calling those people. And Doc explains that cop is like calling someone and telling them they won the lottery, or like Publishers oh, Clearing House coming to your house and saying you just won. Um, people are still so overjoyed by finding out this news. Um, Just at this last induction ceremony, um, Virginia Silvakis from the Cavaliers um, said this was one of the top three events in his career to be inducted into our basketball state. So it's a huge honor for the inductees. And they bring their families, they bring their friends to the ceremony. Um, They have, you know, 50, 60, 70 people come to see them and be inducted. And it's just a wonderful weekend for them to celebrate their career. Um, Edith Simey, who was uh, a longtime coach at Cleveland East Shaw High School, um, East Cleveland Shaw High School, she, paid, she was inducted this year and brought, I think, sixty people with her and had former players fly in from as far as California to come to see her, the investment into the Hall of Fame. So it's a huge honor. Um, they are so gracious and humbled by the experience, and we just love to celebrate these um, athletes and, and contributors and coaches and tell their stories and, and make sure that what they've done um, doesn't leave with them but we continue to share um, the amazing feats that they've accomplished.
1: That's great. That's great. Uh, you had a very well-known keynote speaker at your recent induction ceremony. Can you Can you talk about... That who that person was and what he spoke about? Yes.
0: Yeah. So um, in two thousand twelve we developed what we call the Ohio Heritage Award. And that is an award that we give to someone who is already in, up being in the Hall of Fame who so has done something who has had a greater impact um, on the state of Ohio beyond basketball. Um, so um, the first recipient was Jerry Lucas, made honored Wayne Henbury, and this year Um, Our our honoree was Bob Knight, and Bob Knight grew up in Orville. um, Went to Ohio State, and was part of the 1960 uh, national championship team. And as we all know, he's much more well known for his coaching career than his uh, player, his time as a player. But um, he came and was uh, our keynote speaker, and our award recipient, and was. Um, Despite what people think um, as having a a pepper, he was lovely and a tremendous um, speaker. Everyone enjoyed it, and he was literally one of the last people to leave the family um, that evening. He was talking with our board members and with fans and was willing to get a picture and autograph with anyone who uh, wanted to, and really spoke about growing up in Ohio and how Ohio has such a talent and such a plethora of athletes and, and talented individuals in the state and that it were, we're not as um, recognized as it should be for what we have here and how much he appreciated growing up here and um, the loyalty he has to all those to helped him along the way.
1: That's great. Uh, how could How could a fan that's really well-versed and, and loves the history of Ohio basketball. Is this a public ceremony that people can get, attend? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have um, tickets Are usually uh, go on sale in early December um, for the May event. And um
0: 2015 event uh, will be May 21st. Um, and we, for our website, um, will have ticket information. It not I you can also call me to buy tickets, and my information is available on our website as well. And um, uh, we have people who have been to every single ceremony all 10 years. They're just huge fans of the game. Um, they love to see um, the inductees. The thing that's really unique is um, it's a really up-close um, and personal event where anyone can walk up to um, someone they have admired since their childhood and tell them that. And um, I know, for example, Jim Burson, who is, was a 20, 2007 a um, long time senior basketball coach, also um, on the board. He got to meet Robin Freeman from Ohio State a few years ago and to tell him, you know, I used to listen to you on the radio as a kid, I've always looked up to you. And for less than two legendary basketball, Players and coach and coach meet and have that opportunity. Um, it's like that for anyone to attend. Um, I think Bob Knight had a roving crowd of people around him the whole night. He was there at the ceremony this past um, this past ceremony, but he was so gracious and willing to say hello to anyone. Um, this year, since Jennifer losses went into the Hall of Fame. Um, Anderson Villanelle attended, which we didn't know was happening, and we were all really excited that he was there, and people got to meet him and say hello, and it's just always, you never know who is coming, and there's always great legendary basketball players and coaches, and um, the history in the room is just um, amazing, and the event is really exciting because everyone is there to celebrate the game and um, really dedicated. And it's always a
1: wonderful evening that's great that that's really neat uh, and, and I know a lot of people are would also be interested in the educational value similar to what's offered in other museums is is there a is there an educational collection currently or is that in that is that in the future plans well that was
0: definitely the future plans so one thing that we have a lot of is photos. We don't have a lot of personal mementos, but because we don't have a museum yet, we haven't asked for that from our inductees. But I think as we uh, build the momentum, we'll we'll begin to collect um, memorabilia from those folks. And um, we will be able to uniquely display the the photographs that we do have. Um, And the the great thing is with um, the way Electronics are improving. We're always able to preserve and collect and archive electronically information on our website, and maintain kind of work right now we're working on a project to take um, every industry speech and put those on their page on our website. So every individual industry has an, has their own page on our website, and they can be searched by class, by alphabetically. And then we also have them open up players, coaches, um, officials, and contributors. So there's a, there's a comprehensive search element, and then we're working to embed each of their speeches um, into their page, so you can watch the speech directly on the page. So that's the ongoing process. So I hope you finish by the summer. Great. Great. Um, and, um, just so, before I forget to mention... Um, we do have PDGs available of
1: all the investors' families, so those are available for purchase and can be purchased by on my website. And the 2015 family are um, during the final edit for that, and that will be available no later than due Terrific. Uh Terrific. Wanted to go back to your, your dual roles, really, with event planning. Uh, I, I work at Miami University with a lot of college students, and from time to time, I, I've got students that are interested in going into event planning. How important are the qualities of customer service, flexibility, and partnerships?
0: I would say, um, they are vital. Um, I do a lot of mentoring with college students who reach out to me. They find my business online or they find me through the I university, alumni office, um, And the things i say is um, really you need really strong lighting skills. Um, You need uh, to be really pay attention to detail. Um, And also, I think customer service is key. Um, You're working with people, especially at an event. It's all about hospitality. You need to make people feel really comfortable, um, feel like they're the only person that you're dealing with, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to solve their problems. So um, there's a lot in the hospitality um, piece of event planning. Um, and then partnerships are key, too. The, the success of my business, this is my eighth year uh, of being on my own. Um, it's all about partnerships. It's all about the relationships that i built with the vendors that I work with, from the hotels to the conference centers, the printers that I work with to the um, –
1: uh, audiovisual companies—it's all about finding people that you can rely on and call when you need. So, last question I wanted to ask you: uh, I, we, in the show notes, I wanted to give people opportunities to connect with you, both with your event insight business as well as the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. Can you provide some contact information for the show notes?
0: My website is eventinsight.com, and that's C-V-E-N-T-I-N-S-I-P-E, eventinsight.com, and um, my contact information is right on the homepage there, and the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame is OhioBasketballHallofFame.com, and under the Contact Us section um, is where you can find all my contact information, so email, phone, and then our website. That has all well, the inductees. We also end up teams with well, the Hall of Fame that um, we consider one national championship
1: and state championship as well. So all the teams are listed. All right. Uh, in each of your roles, what's what's the most gratifying aspect of of each? Well, I would say it's the
0: hospitality piece. Um, I think. I love working with the individual inductees and all of the people that I get to meet through my role at the Hall of Fame. The one thing is we bring families together to celebrate someone. Last year we had an inductee who was deceased, and um, his wife said, "You never, you'll never know how important this evening was to ending some issues within our family." Um, to bring us together um, to celebrate him was a really big deal. So that's a side note of this great celebration is that we're connecting families and friends. Um, and I, I love to help people have this wonderful experience, which is such a gratifying um, feeling. I would say that that is the same for any conference or event that I plan. Um, just being able to work with all of the tremendous clients that I have and the individuals that I've gotten to meet and work with um, is just really um I'm
1: living my dream. That's great. Well, that's, that's that's an awesome purpose that you've got. So, Thank you for sharing Thanks. that. Sure. Well, Sh- Sheila, thank you for your time being a guest today on that's the fine. show. I appreciate it. Yes, have a great day. Thank you. Sure. If there's anyone that you'd ever like to interview for your podcast, that you are not the Hall of Fame. I'm happy
0: to connect you and provide you with information.
1: Oh, that'd be great. I I will reach out to you on that. Okay, have a, have a great day. Thank you, right. Sheila. You thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Sheila Fox, the Executive Director of the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame and also the owner of EventInsight.com. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And thank you for listening. Have a great day.